the day I die, uh, what would I have to have done in my life to to be like, yeah, that was you know that was a decent life. This person with a phenomenal philosophy is Norvir Alak, the founder of Unweave, providing machine learning engineers the ability to train their model early on and track everything. Let's hear more about his project and also his journey on how he is establishing a decent life. This is Enacted. Welcome, Norvir, and thanks a lot for being here. We really appreciate it. Well, firstly, thanks for having me here. It's really a pleasure. I, I guess I met Drew through Pioneer. Uh, so I'm part of the Pioneer program, and I'm working on a company called Unweave. It's still very early stage. And what I'm trying to do here is solve a problem for machine learning engineers in particular. And the problem is that right now, it's a huge pain for these people to go out there and train their models. They have to provision cloud infrastructure, they have to get permissions, they have to manage pricing and so on. So I'm trying to make that whole process a lot easier and I'm trying to center the whole model around data and also version everything with Git. So it's like a bunch of things. Uh, I'm still, like I said, very early on, but I'm trying to solve this problem of providing ML engineers uh, the ability to train their models really easily uh, and track everything. Like my background is in, is in machine learning and robotics. I did my undergrad in mechanical engineering with a focus on mechatronics, which is like combination of mechanical electronics and some computer science. Uh, and I always kind of wanted to go into robots uh, right from an early stage. I, you know, when I was really young, playing with Legos and so on, I was super interested in robotics and anything mechanical, anything required you to be inventive in some way. So I kind of wanted to be an inventor. And I guess like, no one really told me how to actually do that. So I thought to be an inventor basically meant mechanical inventor. So that's why I went on to, to do mechanical engineering because I wanted to you know, build cars and build airplanes and so on. I think that was like probably a late bloomer because I only realized at university that actually mechanical engineering is not really that most of the time. Most of the time you're like staring at a beam and you can't even see it move, but you're measuring stress and strain on the beam. Uh, and I, I remember my first first lab session in Mekenj. I was like, man, this is really uninspiring. Quickly from there, I started to go into software. Um, and in my final year at university, I was trying to build uh, like an autonomous drone. That didn't go that well, but it uh, but it was like a great uh, learning experience. And so after that, I worked for a year in the US and at Tesla, um, kind of working on the Tesla Fremont factory, um, working mostly on getting their data from the factory floor and displaying it to the right people. So this could be like people on the manufacturing floor, either supervisors or, or actual factory workers, or also like C-level execs, uh, like Elon Musk and so on, who wanted to have, have a look at what the factory, how the factory was doing early in the morning or late at night. So like have a customized uh, data visualization for them by taking all the data generated by the factory. I mean, other business intelligence people were doing their job as well. So mine was like to collect that that job that they'd done and get it to the right place. After a year, I was like, this is not really for me. It's not like it's fun working at Tesla is great, but it's not like that interesting. I still wanted to build robots. So I did a master's in robotics at UCL in London. And that was sort of focused on getting robots to understand the world around them, mostly computer vision focused, kind of like I was trying to go into 3D computer vision because my thinking is that, you know, you need to, you need to have a model of how the world works uh, to, to better operate in it. Like there's multiple schools of machine learning. So that's like model-based uh, machine learning. It basically means that. After that, I worked in Berlin for a year at a startup that was doing very similar work to what I was doing in my master. So yeah, that's a very long-winded way of getting to where I am right now. 
So have you met Elon Musk? We had these all hands meeting, a meeting. So we had the first one. I think the first week I was there, which is like everyone in the factory uh, collects, and Elon gives a talk, like motivational speech of some sort. I mean, also about how the factory is doing. So I was, you can expect in the first row, <laughs> staring straight up at Elon, um, and it it gets old very quickly. You know, like um, I, I was extremely excited. Frankly, Tesla was the only company I wanted to work for. Like the. Other companies are yeah cool, but uh, Tesla was like the place that I wanted to work up, work at. Maybe SpaceX, but I'm an Indian citizen, so I can't really do that. And yeah, like I was uh, all the way over. Everyone was asking me, "Are you gonna meet Elon? Are you gonna uh, like what's your role gonna be?" So yeah, like I I I was in line like first like an hour before the meeting started. I was in my place in the front spot, and it got old very quickly. You know, he's just another human being. Um, and I remember thinking, was there really some tight pants? Um, but I think that was a, that was like all all that that was had a lasting impact. That's a cool experience, though. Like seeing Elon Musk and seeing you know saying, oh, he's just a normal person. I think that's that's yeah. you know an experience that not many people get. But yeah, wow. I think I think a lot of people probably meet their celebrities and are underwhelmed, or like their celebrity sort of I don't know idols and are kind of underwhelmed. I've, I've heard that. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say I was underwhelmed. Like, it was cool to be around Elon Musk. He, like, there's, he had, like, a slightly strange vibe to him. Um, but it was, like, you know, like, just another another human being. It's not nothing crazy. You said you were you started with an autonomous drone. Is that what you were? We were trying to. To be honest, we didn't have the skills. Like, we had the skills to build a drone. We didn't really do the mechanical part. Like, we had all the parts and so on. What we were trying to do is like the balancing, the actual controller for the drone. That's very mechanical engineering esque, which is you're doing control engineering. Drone is like a really interesting thing to control because you have these four motors, and like using those four motors, you control six degrees of freedom. So it's really like a, it's like an underactuated system, as it's called. So yeah, it's a very interesting um, uh, task. But to actually have it autonomous, let me say it was like more difficult than anticipated. I, like you know, Elon Musk has been saying for five years or ten years that he's going to have autonomous cars and hasn't done done them. So I think there's like some overlap there in terms of underestimation. So yeah, it kind of worked. Like this is a you know undergrad undergrad project, so. Is a very limited budget, and um, yeah, we we got like we got reasonably far. We got a good grade, which we didn't deserve, but you know that's how it was. You you said that you wanted to be an inventor, like you had this idea of being an inventor. Where did that come from? Well, surprisingly, actually, I don't want to sound too fairy taley, but like I, I remember the exact moment. I think I was five. Uh, and I was playing with these, not Legos, but they're the, I actually don't remember the name. There's these really big bricks for children, you know, like, um, like Legos that big, this brick is like this big. I remember I made a helicopter out of it and it was probably a shitty helicopter, you know, it was just like one, one brick on top, two on the side. Um, and my grandmother was like, whoa, you're going to be an aeronautical engineer one day. I was like, that sounds like a cool word. Like I want to be an aeronautical engineer. Um, and then for like from five to 18, I wanted to be an aeronautical engineer. I mean, obviously I had, you know, swings in between of wanting to be a footballer and firefighter and all like all of those things. Um, but like, you know, the serious thing that I wanted to be, like if some uh, older person asked was, was an aeronautical engineer. So I started my job in Berlin in 2018 and like six months through the job. And I was really, really excited. You know, I, I studied machine learning and computer vision. It just sounds like this like fantastic uh, subject, right? Like suddenly you can impart 
intelligence to an inanimate being like a computer uh, and that's like incredible you can you can you know like yeah there's very few very few fields that you can actually try do that so i was extremely excited i went to work at this company uh microbsy industries in, in berlin um, and they were teaching or they are teaching robots how to learn from human demonstration so human demonstrates a task and you want the robot to sort of pick up from that demonstration it's called imitation learning you know they did simple stuff like plugging in cables and welding stuff and so on and so i started doing that and then like eight months into it i just felt extremely depressed i was like is this it you know is this all there is to life like i'm like slaving away for a company whose you know code i don't own whose ip i don't own like it's not even open source you know i i, I think that's an element of open source that rings true for a lot of people that they want to have some ownership and some something they produced out there in the open for other people to see and i think that's definitely a huge part of it my whole family are scientists my both my parents are scientists my sister is doing a phd i was thinking to myself well you know when they die they're going to leave something behind like i don't believe in afterlife or anything but in in some essence they would have contributed to humanity and their work will be out there for people to see and use and build on top of like what am i going to do you know what even like leave alone when i die when i quit this company i'm at like all the code that i've written all the you know ingenious stuff that i think i've done is just going to be gone like i it'll be invisible to most of the world so that got me really um yeah really depressed i think i had a, like a quarter life crisis i've heard a lot of people have that in, in their first job and so i i went on a solo trip to um to greece and i i, I rented a bike and went around corfu just riding non-stop essentially this guy kind of therapeutic i'd recommend it but like i think on the fifth day my my goal was to come away from it with some sort of enlightenment and that's a really i think it's a terrible goal to have you can't sort of expect to get enlightenment because like you spend most of your time trying to think okay like how do i solve this undefined problem and then somehow on the fifth day i think i actually finally stopped thinking about it uh and so i sort of reframed the the question um and i put it in in terms of like the day i die like assuming i'm an old person i think 75 would be okay i'm not one of those people who wants to live to 200 so like the day i die uh what would i have to have done in my life to be like yeah that was you know that was a decent life and i think that question sort of reframed the whole picture because that then it doesn't really matter if you worked at facebook or google or what have you you know like those companies are probably going to be dead worse everyone's going to think they're evil you know which is like kind of true and that made me like think about the five things i wanted to do in my life and those five things kind of keep changing i frankly don't even remember what they exactly were back then i thought th- that would be an adventurous life if i try and or an exciting life if i try and actually achieve those so i think that that framing helps me a lot um i forgot what your original question was but you know something along along this doesn't matter this was phenomenal <laughs> thank wow Yeah, this was really um inspiring and that kind of makes me think because I think I have less time than you guys. I might I'm pretty sure I'm going to die earlier than you guys, but it's making me think, you know, when I die, will I regret because I didn't do something I wanted to do, right? So seeing some like like you're now you found your passion or you have something that you really want to contribute and it seems like even if Google gave you a job, it's not important for you because you want to build something that you feel is fulfilling for yourself is that is that how your your thoughts are and how you're like working these days yeah i mean i like i i try to tweak the optimization objective you know like that's in machine learning that's what you that, that's what all the machine learning is it's just fancy 
math for it's just math that has existed for a while. You're trying to optimize some objective that you define. So I try to tweak it all the time. I think having a pure, like really far off op optimization objective of when I die, like what do I want to have done is good, but it's also kind of terrible for the short term, you know, because then you stop working at your company or you stop studying and, you know, you're like, this is relevant. So that's also not good. Yeah, if I if Google gave me a job and gave me, I don't know how much like to pay these days, like 300K or whatever, I probably wouldn't say no, you know, like I'd probably do it for a little bit. But like, I think what more, like what that meant more for me was that I don't want to go out chasing that. Like I know people who are, who are at university are like, oh my God, my dream job at Google. I like, that seems ridiculous to me, you know, like that. Yeah, cool. I was like that with Tesla, I guess, to some extent, but it's not like you shouldn't, you shouldn't really tie your self-worth to Google. And also like their hiring practices are kind of ridiculous, you know, like they make you do these stupid coding tests, which I, I agree they're useful to some extent, but you know, like any, anything that, you know, tries to introduce this, this uh, contrived way of um, separating people, I just am a little doubtful. Of. Like I, I, I think if I was hiring people, I'd probably also do some like that to some level. But the idea of spending my life practicing coding problems, uh, not because I enjoy doing them, but because, you know, some company is going to pay me some money for it, is just right now, I don't feel like I want to do that. Like, you know, like maybe I'll do it in five years. Right now, it doesn't seem that important to me. So, yeah, like that was part of the reason why I decided to go on this, you know, try and build my own stuff. But frankly, it's just exciting, you know, like you're, you're sort of doing your own thing. You get to be part of making decisions. Um, I don't know if you've read, um, how to win friends and influence people uh, it's an interesting book uh, and yeah I'd, I'd recommend reading it it's like one of the major themes in that is everyone wants to feel important in life um, and you know whether you're trying to talk to someone else make them feel important or you or about yourself um, I think that's that's what really matters to most human beings I'm you know to be honest I, I'm really learning a lot right now um, from your experience this is just like this is, you know, just me talking out loud. So, like, I wouldn't take it at, at no, face value. I, but I think a lot of people would love to hear this because it's coming from your experience, right? Every Everyone's experience is unique. And, you know, I, you, to be honest, I'm really, you make me, you're making me think a lot. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's really great. We have one more, we have one last question. If you, if you were back in high school, so let's say maybe you don't even have a passion or you're not really sure. How would you approach moving forward? You know? What would you do? I think I'd, contrary to uh, what's cool these days, I would probably still go to university. I would probably not study mechanical engineering. Again, I would like not to ape Elon Musk, but I probably would study physics, partly because it's just cool. You know, like you, you get a broader picture of, of the universe. Uh, my dad's a physicist and, you know, he always talks about these things that I have no idea about. Uh, so it'd be it'd be cool to you know be able to at least be on the same wavelength. I'd probably start building stuff sooner. I think one of the big advantages that or big like unfair advantage that software engineers have or people who did computer science degrees is is that they they get from an early state early stage in their I don't know education they start building stuff because software you can build stuff put it out there uh, really really rapidly. I think that's incredibly valuable. Uh, one of the things that didn't like that much about my uh, engineering degree was that it didn't really focus on like the fundamentals. And they're like, here's an equation. Like here's a, how you solve a partial differential equation. Like go and solve it. Uh, like, go and apply it to like fluid flow, or whatever. 
or you know, here's what how you compute the eigenvalues of a matrix. Like, go and apply it. And you're like, what the hell is the eigenvalue of a matrix? I don't know what that means. Um, and you just don't have enough time. You're like flushed with a lot of information. Um, at least that was my education. Like, I'm sure there's better educations out there. So um, I would like to go back and focus on the basics. I think when I was doing my master's, I had a lot more of that. I had a lot more of the focus on the actual, what, what what's the physics, what's the intuition of that, of something you're talking about? Because frankly, I think most humans, like, yeah, unless you're extremely special, weren't really, the brains weren't made to to think in purely abstract terms. I think you can train yourself to do that, but it really helps to have some sort of intuition about, about a concept. So I think I'd go back and focus a lot more about like dig, a lot more on digging into um, like why the motivation of why you're doing something and also the intuitions behind it and more on the fundamentals. Um, then it's a lot easier to build on top from, from that. And after uni, what would you do for, like, would you still be going for a job, for getting employed, also for the monetary part? I would probably definitely need to do it for the monetary part. Um, yeah, I think I would probably do a job for a couple of years, at least, uh, because also it gives you, you don't, you know, right now, um, if I went back with all the, that's in my brain right now, then I wouldn't do a job. But like this is assuming that I go back and my the slate is wiped and I have to start from scratch. There's a lot of things I didn't know, um, and again, there's that you know there's the privilege part of it that you know there's people who's either their parents or their you know like their friends or whatever like basically download that information into their brain. You know whether if, when you're a doctor, it's a lot easier to tell your kid how to be a doctor too, right? So if you're trying to do something that's slightly different to your parents, that's again why people whose parents haven't gone to university or haven't done um, like a white collar job, um, they have it a lot harder, frankly, and no one really talks about that that much. Um, because the hardest part is not to work 12 hours a day on, on something that you really care about. The hardest part is to know what to work on. Uh, that's what I'm facing with my, my, my product right now as well. You know, the hard part about starting a company is not, and you know, you hear Elon Musk saying that it's, um, you know, chewing glass and staring into the abyss and all that, which is, True, but no one really tells you what is the hard part. Like, you know, Paul Graham also says starting a hard, startup is the hardest thing you can do. I think the hard part is not that you have to work 14 hours a day or 12 hours a day. I think that's that's yeah almost easy because if you care about something, most people are able to do that. The hard part is that you you don't know what you have to work on and yet you have to work 14 hours a day. That is like, that's almost like a madman, mad person thing to do. So obviously, you know, you have ways of, making that easier for yourself, like asking people, asking your users and so on. Uh, but at the end of the day, you, you frankly don't know what the right direction is. You just have to kind of try it out. Hey guys, thank you for staying till the end and hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm looking forward to meeting you all in the Discord and hope to see you on our next episode. This was a Nectate.